You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy everyone and welcome to the fourth episode of the 2018 Dragon Con Con Report. We are well past the halfway point of the year and we are well on our way to Dragon Con. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our crew. Of course, Director Mike Faber is here. You had to put it into reality, Mike, when you said it, it were past the halfway point. Oh, yeah. I, I was thinking Dragon Con, so far away, so far away. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah, great. As we're recording this, it is the 1st of May, my friend. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm just going to sit here and whimper in the corner for a little bit. All right. Well, we have also with us, joining us again after a month absence, Darren Noel is back. Hi, everybody. What's up? We missed you, sir. I missed you all, too. I love talking about a con. I'm in denial about that's not going to happen in four months yet. <laughs> yes. See, uh, he's on the deni- same page. He is on the same page. Exactly. He was in such denial last month, he couldn't even come on. I couldn't show. even make it. Yeah, couldn't I couldn't even make get it. out of the bed for you. And 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 the same is true apparently of Mary, who's also back with us. I am finally. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. I know that uh, yeah, schedules were wonky last month, but uh, we appreciate yeah. uh, you guys returning. Totally, of course. To, yeah. It really, we had to work out the contract. It was just a. It, it kind of <laughs> yeah, things got kind of <laughs> kind of ugly there for a little while. So Mary and I, I had to share a hospital room on the soap opera set. You know, we're in a coma. <laughs> we may, we may not come out of it. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> will they? Uh, leave? Will they die? Who knows? And once again, the coma is here as well. Yeah, you guys aren't allowed to leave again because it turns out that I'm just not any good on my own. That is that's, not true. That's not allowed to happen. Well, I think it was, you know, you were the only non-Mike last month. So, <laughs> so I also yeah. I also had a stunning realization, as you pointed out, that it's May 1st and we are past the halfway point, that I only just last week came up with the idea of what my cosplay might be if I can actually get it done. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you're ahead of us, I'm sure. So, congrats. <laughs> Well, cool. I am. Uh, I, that's that's awesome to hear, though. Actually, I was going to, you know, check in with cosplay status, but uh, I know sometimes that can be sort of a painful jab. So. <laughs> it's a painful reminder. Yeah. Well, you know, we're kind of here to help with that, right? So um, we're also going to be checking in with Michelle Biddick Simmons, Eternal Zan, and Kevin Batchelder, and two of the three of those will have Dragon Tales for us as well at the end of the show. So very awesome. This Dragon Con Con report is sponsored in part by Borderland Comics and Games in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina. For more information, check out borderlands.us. Uh, yeah, there's no .com there. I, 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 want, I keep wanting to go .com, but it's borderlands.us. So check that out. There'll be a link in our show notes, so you can just click on that. 
Um, we are also a proud member of the ESO Network. Be sure to check out the Amazon link at the top of the ESO Network site. It doesn't cost you any more to purchase your stuff there, and it really does help us out a lot. We also have a T Public store filled with all kinds of cool designs. There's a link for that at the top of the ESO Network page, and there's also a link to our Patreon page. There's some really exciting stuff going on there, right, Mike? Oh, always. Every week there's a new exclusive podcast episode available only to our patrons of $5 or above. But you don't have to donate that much if you don't want to because we you could do as little as a dollar a month. Whatever you can do, we would appreciate. It's, you know, some kind of like almost like a second thought, you know, a dollar, five dollars, ten bucks, you know, you spend that much going to Starbucks, you spend that much going to any kind of restaurant, at least, you know, and that's just one time. This is for a full month of entertainment, all brand new podcasts only available to our Patreon listeners. It's pretty darn awesome. Very much so. And we do really appreciate everybody who supports us in any way possible. So um, if you would like to leave feedback or comment on our show, please call the ESO Network feedback line at 404-963-9057. Or feel free to email us at dragonconreport at esonetwork.com. Now it's time for the news. Not a lot of news. Uh, It seems like we weren't away that long, but really there were... There wasn't much news in terms of events or anything that I could find that was the only thing that I could find is that it looks like the annual Dragon Con night at the aquarium is on sale. Um, VIPs as well as regular passes. Uh, there's a they want to make sure that you're well aware there's a new puffin exhibit at the aquarium. And of course, it's cool to uh, come in costume and dance away the night under the sea uh, makes for some really great uh, cosplay shots, I think, too. And the puffins uh, are adorable. Oh, you've seen them? Yeah, I already went. <laughs> oh, very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I, Michelle wants to go to the. She, she's like, oh, puffins. Every time we pass by the billboard on 85, she's like, we need to go. Yes, they're adorable. Go see them. So um, you have to get your tickets in advance. And it is an event that I believe sells out. Um, has anybody been to the Dragon Con Night at the Aquarium? I have not. I haven't either, but I've had a friend who went and yes, that event does sell out. So definitely get your tickets in advance. Yeah. Uh, The VIP area includes, I think, uh, open bar. That should be enough right there. Really, (laughs) I don't even need to continue. Right. Um, But there are also snacks, private dance floor, seating area, unique views of the large tanks in case anybody. Yeah. So you can find out. Wait, wait, wait. Open bar. Really? Yes, oh, I'm there. <laughs> exactly. So, so yes, check out the Dragon Con Night at the uh, Georgia Aquarium. Uh, again, links for that will be in the show notes. Um, the only other news, and there was a lot of it, was guest announcements. A ton of guest announcements. So, without further ado, Mike and Mary, take it away. Oh, yeah, folks. There's been a lot since last time we've talked to you. So, Mary is gladly jumped in. And she is going to go first, so we might as well get started. All right, here we go. Jonah Ray is a stand-up comedian, actor, director, and podcast host. Ray currently stars as Jonah Heston in the Netflix series Mystery Science Theater 3000, Their Return, and also co-hosts the Nerdist, now ID10T podcast, while working as a writer and producer at Attack of the Show and Web Soup. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Felicia Day is a professional actress who has appeared in numerous shows and films, including Buffy, Eureka, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, The Guild, Dragon Age, Supernatural, and many more. She's currently starring in the revival of Mystery Science Theater 3000 on Netflix. Trevor Valla is a paleontologist, a certified Cicerone, and an outspoken science communicator on Twitter. He has appeared on the television on television, including the History Channel, the Discovery Channel, the National Geographic Channel, and the BBC, in documentaries, and at nerd night meetings across the country. That was really badly written. Yeah, sorry. No, that's, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, Gary Reinhardt is the author of the near-future science fiction novel Walking on the Sea of Clouds. His stories have appeared in major magazines and anthologies, and his songs have been played on The Dr. Demento Show. He is currently the slush manager general for Baron Books and a USAF veteran. Kishore Hari is a science educator and communicator working with Adam Savage's Tested.com, Mother Jones, and Science and Star Wars show for Lucasfilm. Currently, he's the director of the Bay Area Science Festival, which attracts over 75,000 people a year. Joanna Estep is a Eisner-nominated artist who has worked on projects such as Bitch Planet for Image, Fantastic Four for Marvel, Deathhead for Dark Horse, and Thrilling Adventure Hour for Boom and Arteria. She has worked on Jim Henson's Fraggle Rock comic book series. Carol Edwin Spinney is a puppeteer, cartoonist, author, and speaker most famous for playing Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch on Sesame Street. Spinney has performed Big Bird and Oscar for over 45 years. Other notable characters include Pickle Puss and Pop, Bruno the Trash Man, Granny Bird, and more. Roscoe Orman is an American actor, comedian, and writer best known for playing Gordon Robinson, one of the central human characters on Sesame Street. Orman joined the show in 1974, becoming the third actor to play Gordon until 2016. Bob McGrath is a singer, musician, actor, voice artist, and children's author best known for playing human original character Bob Johnson in the long-running educational series Sesame Street. Bob had been one of the two longest-lasting human characters on the series up until the show's debut, from the show's debut up until 2016. Emilio Delgado is a Mexican-American television and film actor, singer, and vocal artist. He is best known for his long-running role as Lewis, the friendly fix-it shop owner on the children's television series Sesame Street. Delgado okay, joined... What's up? No, go ahead. Oh, Delgado joined the cast in Sesame Street in 1971 and remained until 2016. I, I just have to stop for a second. I acknowledge that they've got Bob, Lewis and Gordon, and Big Bird from Sesame Street. Now, if that's not going to bring you all the, a lot of us all the feels, I, I can't imagine what else could. I, I need Maria and Susan and Gordon. I need the full set. <laughs> I'm, a collection, I'm a completionist. Come on. That's true. They can I, do it. They can do it. I totally geeked out when I found out that Bob was coming. It was just like, really? I didn't even know he was still alive. That is just so awesome. Yeah, in fact, I think now that I'm thinking about it, I think Gordon has passed off. <laughs> no, Gordon's coming. Oh, oh one of the Gordons. One right. of the Gordons. One of the Gordons. Yeah. I'm, I'm an original Gordon, probably. There were three Gordons. Yeah. yeah. There were so. multiple Gordons. Mm -hmm. um, I know Maria was just in town. And she, she was. Did, yeah. yeah, she was just at the uh, puppetry center. So, yes, it would be great to get her as well. But, man, that would be some kind of reunion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mary? 
John Hudgens is a filmer, filmmaker, animator, and artist who has directed several award-winning documentaries and short films. His work on licensed properties includes Babylon 5, Crimson Skies, Mech Warrior, and Star Wars. Michael D. French is the co-founder of Retroblasting, a video channel that analyzes and deconstructs cartoons and toys of the 1980s, which is now in its sixth year with over 30,000 subscribers. He maintains a large archive of vintage toys and often restores them to preserve our collective history. The Atlanta Radio Theater Company is bringing the best in original audio drama to Dragon Con since 1984. Dean Motter is best known for the comic sensation Mr. X. His miniseries Terminal City and the graphic novel The Prisoner Shattered Vistage based on the 1968 TV series and is being reissued this year. Motter served as art director at both DC Comics and BPVP. Michael Gordon. The country music singer? (gasps) The bass player for Fish? Awesome. That is cool. (laughs) Michael Gordon is a writer, publisher, and podcaster. His creator-owned comic, Tiki Zombie, has been running for over half a decade. Gordon can also be heard saying howdy on the weekly Earth Station One podcast, as well as a number of other shows, including this one. Thank you for not butchering my name. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. People have been drinking very heavily already this episode. Uh, Awesome. awesome. (laughs) No, once again, I'm very honored to to be a guest again. It's really just I I love this show and I'm glad it uh, lets me participate. Congratulations, my friend. Eric Burnham is a comic writer artist that first broke into comics by the way of Nick Landmine, featuring the from Shooting Star Comics. He is currently works on IDW's Ghostbusters series and has worked on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Back to the Future, Galaxy Quest, Scarlet Spider, New Warriors, and Kiss. Jeannie Breeden is the creator of the autobiographical webcomic, The Devil's Panties. She has been updating her comic daily since 2001 with over 5,000 comic strips online and multiple graphic novels that are in comic shops and bookstores around the world. And she has killer boots. And it's a really good comic series. If you're not reading it, you should start reading it. Absolutely. She's great fun and it comes through with her strips. Cool. Have to take a peek at that one. Jared, the yard sale artist, Albrick, is a trading card artist for Marvel Upper Deck and a publisher cover artist for sci-fi fantasy books. He is the creator of his original comic book, Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf's Tale. He is the art director for White Rocket Books. Tara Strong is an actress and voice actress, perhaps best known for her work in animated films and in television. She has enjoyed a very successful career, including Bubbles in The Powerpuff Girls, Timmy in The Fairly Odd Parents, Dill in Rugrats, Raven on Teen Titans, and many more. Has she been to Dragon before? It seems like she would have, but I can't ever remember hearing about her being I don't know if she has been. This might be her first. It's awesome. I'm glad that uh, she's coming. Oh, yeah. We've had her on Earth Station 1 before. Yep. But it's oh, cool. yeah, but she is she is an awesome person. If you get a chance to even talk to her, she is truly a great 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 conversationalist, great person. She's she's great. <laughs> she's great. She's great. Allison Scarlatti 
is an actress who is best known for her roles as Mindy and Drake and Josh and Claudia Donovan in the sci-fi series Warehouse 13. Other notable roles include One Tree Hill, CSI, Zoe 101, Stitchers, Eureka, Smallville, and many more. Andy Runton is the creator of the all-ages series of graphic novels, Owly, starring a little owl who's always searching for new friends. Relying on a mixture of symbols and expressions to tell his silent stories, Runton's heartwarming style has made him a favorite of both fans and critics alike. Vic Magnogna is an actor known for his profile voiceover in the English dubs of Japanese anime shows, including Full Metal Alchemist, Digimon, Neutro, and many more. In live-action work, he has participated in several Star Trek fan productions, including Star Trek Continues, where he plays Captain Kirk. Evangeline Lilly is best known for her work as an actress in the television series Lost and in films such as The Hurt Locker, Real Steel, The Hobbit, and Ant-Man, but her foremost passion has always been writing. She will be appearing Sunday and Monday only. Peter David is a profile New York Times bestselling author and self-proclaimed writer of stuff. He has written in all most of the forms of prose and gains fellows in each. David's career and continued popularity sparks nearly two decades. Kathleen O'Shea David is a puppeteer, writer, editor, costumer, equity stage manager, no-strings-attached custom puppets, co-creator of Headcases, canonical Doctor Who author, Star Wars editor, Star Trek writer, Ghostbusters comic book writer, Shakespeare lover, admirer of Dumas and Verne, Sherlock Holmes aficionado, wife and mother. Mike Coulter is best known for his roles as Lamont Bishop in the television series The Good Wife, Malcolm Ward in Ringer, and Luke Cage in Marvel's Luke Cage, The Defenders, and Jessica Jones, all set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He will be appearing Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Cara Santa Maria is an award-winning science communicator, television personality, producer, and podcaster. Cara is a correspondent on National Geographic's Explorer and Netflix Bill Nye to Saves the World. She hosts the weekly science podcast, Talk Nerdy with Cara Santa Maria, and co-hosts the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe podcast. Jay Patrick has been a radio programmer for over 20 years. In 2011, he began using his radio experience to produce and host podcasts. Currently, he is the co-host of the popular podcast role, an Adam and JP show, and is the digital program director for WSM Radio in Nashville, Tennessee, and a good friend of the show. Absolutely. Melinda R. Mock is co-founder of Retroblasting, a video channel that analyzes and deconstructs cartoons and toys of the 80s, which is now in its sixth year with over 30K subscribers. She also hosts Dreamland, the Retroblasting podcast, a show about music, movies, and pop culture. Charles McFall is currently the rock god of podcasting. He is the host of multiple award-winning nominated shows, including Rock God of Podcasting, Pokemon Go Podcast, and Breaking the Panel. In January of 2016, along with Brian Isbitt and Paul Claus, Charles launched a comic-based podcast called Giant Size Team-Up Network. Kevin Kelly is an indie director whose work incorporates puppetry, stop-motion animation, and old-school practical effects. The new season of his cult web series, Welcome to Enhedonia, premieres this fall and features many guest appearances, including Trace Ballou from Mystery Science Theater 3000 as the main antagonist. 
Catherine Jones is the owner of GSTQ Fashions, a costume company in Atlanta, Georgia. Catherine and her team have done work for Microsoft, Blizzard, and Hi-Res Studios. Their work has been seen on Sony's Powers, NBC's Constantine, AMC's Preacher, Fox's The Gifted, and Netflix's True Memories of an International Assassin. Dax Exclamation Point, a cosplaying drag, drag performer that has taken the world by storm, literally. The queen of all nerds, as seen on season 8 of RuPaul's Drag Race, is paving the way for LGBTQ plus nerds to make their way to the forefront of popular culture. And that is the list for so far this month. That's awesome. I have been waiting for Dragon Con to start bringing more RuPaul drag stuff. I'm, totally. I'm, I'm excited. That's going to be awesome. She's really great. Mm-hmm. She certainly is. That's very cool. Thank you, Mike and Mary, for reading off that list. And, of course, that's just a fraction of the folks that were announced. Uh, We are very proud to be associated with so many of them we can call friends of the station. But uh, there's so many more uh, potential friends of the station coming as well. So, yeah, I would definitely go to DragonCon's website and go through the list and find out who all is going to be there so far because it's it's a pretty sizable one so far. Um, well, oh, cool. yeah. You know, when a little no secret, folks, back at home, I took a list of 15 pages in Word, just regular to, and had to knock it down to four. So there are a lot of people out there who are coming that we just <laughs> couldn't even mention. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, I appreciate you didn't cut me. So thank you for that. Um, well, uh, you, were, you were on the border, my friend. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I usually am. <laughs> Um, well, cool. Well, thanks for that. Uh, now that we've got all the news announcements out of the way, um, it's fine time for the main topic. And this month I decided, uh, or it would be fun to kind of, um, let, I I wanted to, I thought about inviting some people who hadn't been to DragonCon before to ask uh, some questions about DragonCon to see what, what they thought, you know, what they were concerned about, that kind of thing. But obviously it's hard to round up a lot of people like that. Um, so I basically just combed through the internet, uh, as partic- particularly the DragonCon newbies group, and uh, I've got some newbie questions here that I thought were kind of interesting that I would shoot out. So if you are, if you've never been to DragonCon before, um, you know this. Hopefully, this will help you um, prepare a little bit for what you're in for, um, as much as we can. Um, but also, even if you're familiar with Dragon Con, like all of us are quite familiar, um, you know, it's never you never learn. Uh, you're always learning about Dragon Con. You never can know it all. So um, so I'm really curious about some of the answers that we're going to come up with um, some of the responses. So we'll start with this one. Uh, uh, one of the uh, Dragon Con newbies uh, in, in the question was or is rather uh, to to you guys. This is my first time at Dragon Con. Any tips as far as the things to see first? Ooh. <laughs> that's that's, wow. that's a good question. Well, it really depends on what you're interested in. Did they give any um, other context? No, and I, that's why I wanted to sort of, and I think that the, the generalness of it is quite interesting because if 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 we're talking about Dragon Con, if this is something about unique about Dragon Con, what's something that you think you know pretty much everybody should experience at Dragon Con um, that makes it u- unique? <laughs> Both because we have memories of when it was horrible, and now uh, to to see 
what a wonderful thing it is. Granted, they won't be able to really appreciate it for how we no, appreciate it, but yes. I've been to a lot of conventions and most of them don't have as smooth of a uh, of a registration as we do. So while that was funny, it is still true. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that is really your first stop at Dragon Con, you know, checking into the hotel and then registering. Well, truthfully, though, for your first, you know, experience at Dragon Con, I would try to take it all in as in walk around, just experience it all. Don't try to do something at first. Try to find the hotels. Try to explore a little bit. Try to find out where things are as in like find out where the America's Mart is. Find oh, out yeah. where the where the different, you know, the Marriott, the Hilton, the Hyatt, the Westin. Try to Definitely. find all that. Try to find out the food where the food court is. That is going to become very important to you during the weekend. If find you out where your in, coffee is going to come from. Exactly. <laughs> and find out where the coffee that nobody knows about is. Is um, exactly. No, uh, definitely. As soon as you get your, as soon as you get your map or you get your app installed or whatever the case may be, if you can get there before Thursday, since Thursday is now crazy. Um, Tuesday's the new Friday. Uh, let's not talk about it. <laughs> but if you can get there early, definitely check out those things before everyone else arrives. Because if you wait until Saturday morning to find out where that room is that has the, the event that you do want to go to, you're never going to find it or not going to find it in time. <laughs> yes. I, I think to your point, Mike, um, one of the first things that you should do or would be in your best interest to do is to check out the newbie uh, group tours that they give on that first day. And that mm -hmm. takes you around with someone, a couple people who have experience and you can you can quickly learn where the, la the lay of the land, where every all the hotels are, where most of the panels are, everything about the layout so you can kind of really plan, you know, your weekend as far as, wow, I didn't, you know, I thought I was going to be able to go from this room to this panel and see this person. But now that I see the logistics of this big hill, I'm like, maybe I won't be able to make it there. <laughs> the big hill and all the people in your way. Exactly. Or learn <laughs> the sky bridges. And, you know, the newbie tours start at 3 p.m. on Thursday. And they go through till I think almost 6 p.m. If I'm, if I remember correctly, and it's a great way to learn where everything is. And the tour guides, they're not, you know, they're there for you to ask questions to, and they will, as you're walking through, they'll be blurting out stuff, pointing out things where different things are, but they also are there to answer questions because they might be, not know what you're thinking. And this is your time to find out. And these are experts. And, and I, you know, maybe it's just me, but it seems like whenever I do one of those, you know, intro groups or something like that, and introduction, it seems like the people that I see in that group and meet in the, for the first time, I see all weekend. Like I just keep running into them mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, like various, you know, other things where you're just like, I don't know anybody here. I mean, it's a really great way to sort of, you know, bring yourself, put yourself in a position where you're actually can be social and meet people. Exactly. These people are in the same situation you are, and it's a great way to make some friends to hang out with if you don't know anyone else. Absolutely. Well, very cool. All right. So the next question uh, I'm going to put to the panel is, would you recommend having cash or card or a mixture of both? Both. 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 Yeah. yeah. 
A, you never know when you're going to need cash, and B, if you uh, work your cards right at certain vendors, you can get discounts. Oh, very nice. That's pretty cool. But also, uh, use your cash sparingly. Darren has mentioned it quite a few times in the past. The ATMs run out of money over the weekend. And if you lose your card or anything else, like definitely, you know, make sure you've got a decent amount of cash on hand. Don't blow it all on your big item and make sure you set a budget for sure. Set a budget. All right. This is a big one. This, we could do a whole episode on this one. So I'm going to, so I guess, uh, yeah. Um, what is the nightlife like for adults? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we've said a lot of times in the Sick. past, there is two versions of Dragon Con. There's Dragon Con during the day, which is more family friendly, and then there's Dragon Con after dark. And which, yeah, I mean, even even Dragon Con after dark has has lightened up a bit as it has expanded. But you can you can still get into whatever kind of trouble it is you're looking for. <laughs> you can indeed. <laughs> trouble <laughs> abounds. Um, but no, I mean, uh, I, I usually hop from, from like event to event as far as like how late things go. There's anything from raves going on to live concerts to room parties. So the, the nightlife is for adults is pretty open. Um, whatever you're into it, you'll find it there. Just ask. Just just ask some people. Seriously. We all don't wear buttons that say just ask us, but just ask us. Yeah. If just, we're out uh, at the same time you I are. Mean, yeah. If, if you want to go gaming, that's going on 24 hours a day. If you want to go watch some movies with some friends, there's the movie room and the video rooms. Go for it. That's fine. If you want to dance all night, um, I know Recently, some of the raves have ended early because of some weird things with the hotels, but you can typically find some kind of a late night party going on until probably 5, 6, 7 a.m. And then typically that's when uh, Dragon by Day starts. <laughs> you can always tell when it's the next day at Dragon because they have that good morning Dragon Con show. No, the late, late show. The late, late, late show. Because we've all been up all night, but it's like at 8 in the morning or 9 in the morning. So... Um, again, pace yourself, know your limits before you show up, hang out with friends, drink lots of water. If your spidey sense tingles, listen to it. Yes. You, you will see things at night that you have never seen before. It's just true. smile and nod. And one of them will probably be me. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the nightlife is like great. It's what you make of it, but like there's plenty to do. Don't be afraid that. It's one of those deals where everything closes and you have to, like, know where the parties are or, like, find a bar or something. It's not like that at all. Just do the con all day and just keep going all night. All there. Sleep is for the week. <laughs> you make this it sound is so easy. Sparta! What? Huh? what? <laughs> just go hang out in the Marriott lobby. Seriously? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, when all else fails. Um... Uh, yes, because uh, well, you know, the the Hilton lobby is is got some work to do. <laughs> the Hilton lobby is cool too. It's just not always 
going the way that the Marriott is. Well, Although, hopefully they won't have that DJ back again. There's oh my some, God, Dragon Con! There's some, uh, there's some seriously prime viewing around, um, probably around 2 a.m., between 2 and 4 a.m. in the, what is it, it's the Hyatt, in the Hyatt area, the lower level where the ballrooms are, because yeah. all of the late shows are letting out and all of their after parties are letting out, you can see some really interesting things. Oh, yeah, you can. <laughs> um okay so here's a question and uh um all right so this one might be a little bit more specific but uh we'll see what we can do with it the wife and i are going to dragon con this year for the first time we've done other cons elsewhere so we're not total con newbies but dragon con sounds like a whole different ball of wax all night parties much larger crowds etc we've got our hotel booked so that's taken care of but beyond that any suggestions on things to do places to go food suggestions etc we've got a fair chunk of cash budgeted for spending money food souvenirs art etc so what are your suggestions um i usually i skip the food court most of the time and actually hit up the restaurants because a even if you squeeze into a table with somebody else that you don't know you end up making friends b they have better food and c it's honestly usually around the same price after you get through getting a, a decent meal and a drink through the food court and there's less people and you don't usually have to fight for a seat i usually do the food court for lunch or breakfast and dinner i like with tacoma there's so many nice and quieter restaurants Ooh. that you can go to around Dragon Con. Like, and if you're, oh, sorry, go, no, ahead. go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, if you stay at one of the hosting hotels or if you ask a concierge, um, last year I asked for directions to a different restaurant and the concierge actually pulled out 20% off coupons for me, my guest. So for the what restaurant that we were going to. So I was like, to? sweet, that's an extra tip for them. What <laughs> restaurant do you guys go to? Uh, I can't remember which one it was, um, but uh, yeah, they pulled out. It was right there on the strip, I think, because it wasn't too far away. I just, I have no sense of direction. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> I, like we've, we've been with Mike and myself and some friends. We've been to the Irish pub that's right next to oh, yeah, that was awesome. the Westin. Um, mm -hmm. There's Mary Max right there. Oh, there's a really good fried chicken place, too. Oh, Gus's Fried Chicken? Yeah, that one. Oh, yeah. That one's busy. You're going to have to wait. Yeah. Yeah, that but one's But it's definitely really late. good. But it's hot and they chicken. And they don't have beer. Aw. Oh. <laughs> so, you know. Don't but there's, have beer. But there's also the sacrifices <laughs> you must make. But there's also Benihana. There's also yeah. a... The Russian 24-hour diner. Exactly. There's the diner. There's the Hard Rock. The Hard Rock usually has uh, limited edition lapel pins, specifically for Dragon Con. So if you've set aside some money and you like flair, then that might be your place. There's a Hooters. Yeah. Oh, there is a Hooters. There is. But there's also uh, right well, next to Hooters, um, there's also that new Italian place that opened up right above the cigar bar. Oh, and there's that really fancy steak restaurant that I can't afford to look at. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it, I, I would not recommend it. Oh, How's really? That? It was okay. Fair enough. Not, it was not worth the price. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Say that. There's okay. also oh, there's a there's a Turkish place. Yeah. Sorry, that one's really good too. Um, right... There's a lot of options, but you're going to be waiting at least an hour. Yeah. There's a sushi place. Yeah, it's right next to the Marriott. Um, and then there's also right next to it is a big Kahuna burger that opened mm. last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
but yeah, there's there's plenty of food options. Um, so I wouldn't worry. Whatever strikes your fancy is where I would probably attend for that to get back to the question as far as um, like things to do. If you've got the cash and can set it aside, definitely do the Georgia Aquarium Dragon Con night like we talked about. That one's really awesome. I've been wanting to get into that one for a while. I have a friend who went to it who just rants and raves about it. And that's the best way to experience the Georgia Aquarium, I would have to say. Mm-hmm. Then there's also the big Ferris wheel. It's mm-hmm. down downtown, um, and also CNN Tours, which is down there. World of Coke is right next to the aquarium. There's the Civil Rights Museum, and you know that's if you have time. But you're going to be too busy with Dragon Con, folks. Yeah, that's if true. you can, true. if you can spare a day or two before and after, it's great uh, to do those before. things. But yeah, yeah, um, definitely. You're before. right. Um, also, Ooh. don't forget about the Center for Puppetry Arts. Uh, oh yeah, it's. It's not within walking distance, but a quick Uber ride will get you there, and it's it's going to have everything you want to see. If you are into Dragon Con, you'll be into the Puppetry Center. And definitely make sure that you hit up before you go over to the vending hall. Make sure that you hit up the uh, the art auction. And if there's anything you want, go ahead and put uh, put your name down for it. Uh, the auction ends at the end of the the convention. But there's some amazing works of art, both uh, things that you can hang, sculptures, wearable pieces, even. Um, definitely check that out. And again, it's for charity. So the uh, one of the persons who answered this question at the Dragon Con newbies uh, was uh, a person by the name of Tanya Simmerer. And I call her out by name because I want to thank her because her response to this answer was, if you listen to podcasts, there are two I listen to to prep for Dragon Con. Dragon Con Con Report by Earth Station One does a monthly episode that covers various topics and news. And then she mentions the Unique Geek starts daily podcast daily daily episodes about fifty days out from the start of the con. They interview track directors about events and guests too. So thanks, Tanya, for the shout out. We really appreciate that. So uh-huh. if you're listening because of Tanya, thank you. So, um, all right. So another question um, that I'm looking at here. Um, a lot of them are. A lot of people have hotel questions, and obviously that's. You know, that's a whole other topic in that, itself. That, that's a whole other yeah. ball And of... we have, you know, Zan yeah. is really good about uh, telling us the latest and greatest news about hotel information. She's done so many times before. They have a separate group for that online. I would definitely recommend uh, checking that out. Um, and uh, we have links for that in the show notes. So um, a lot of people are wondering about Thursday. All right. They're, the, now that the official <laughs> dates have expanded, does it mean that there will be programming all day? Will the dealer rooms be open? Will the you know the the artist alley be open? Um, should I book an extra flight early Thursday? Um, you know, should I arrive yes. early, et cetera, et cetera? Like, yes. what do you guys feel about? So, so you guys are like all in for Thursday. Thursday's my favorite day. Yeah, <laughs> Thursday is totally my favorite day. It is um, at least thus far. It's been mostly fan run programming um and fan run uh parties that take place afterwards everybody's kind of coming in and we're all fresh-eyed and bushy-tailed and we haven't (laughs) dove into the weekend so we're not completely out of our our mind yet our livers Um, are still pink it's great yeah yeah for the time being for for a minute for a hot minute Unless you came over on a long flight and you flew first class and they just, you know, brought you drinks. <laughs> but that's definitely not us usually. So, um, yeah, no, Thursday is definitely my favorite day. I'm not sure if they're increasing the programming. Do you guys know about that? We haven't heard anything yet officially. 
Not officially. And I don't know if the um, I do know that last year they had um, because the usually the uh, exhibition hall and the artist alley opens at uh, noon or one o'clock on Friday. Last year they did a soft open at. Yeah, on no no on Friday morning. Oh, okay. Um, there still was nobody there. No, it wasn't open on Thursday at all. Okay. And I would imagine that's going to be. I think maybe it'll be officially open. I I could see them being officially open Friday morning now, um, but well, I don't know. I don't know if I can see them because a lot of people are setting up and setting up is a yeah it, yeah. So it's that a, would it's pain an event. In the rear, yeah. That would involve a lot yeah. of scheduling. People have vendors having to come in early and all that kind of stuff. So. I would be surprised if the vendor room was of open on Thursday, but if it is, they need to tell us like soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we can prepare as, for that. Also, well, as someone who spends all day in the vending room, yes, please let me know. <laughs> well, exactly, and there are there are tracks that now are doing programming on Thursday evening. You know, Joe and Gary have been doing sing-alongs and such. Okay, so there is there is scheduled programming and oh, yeah. not just well, okay. yeah the. Uh, I mean, Drag- I know there's Drag- Dragon Con wrestling was some. yeah was yeah. officially the kickoff last year was the Dragon Con wrestling, which I went to. And were I heard, you, were you the ring girl? You can tell us. No, I am so uh, not the ring girl. Oh, wow. <laughs> so not. <laughs> um, here's a, a funny question. Now that I've been to my first Dragon Con, ha- am I still a newbie? No. Yeah. <laughs> Partially. And you, you've, like been, a, you've been officially de-virginized. You're a journeyman. Yes. You're an apprentice Dragon Connie. Yeah. You're journeyman status. I'm not even like a full-fledged Dragon Con goer. And I've been going for almost five years now, six years now, somewhere around there. So I still feel like I'm a journeyman in many ways. You are. And you guys can laugh all you want. I know where my status is. <laughs> I, you know, I've been going to Dragon Con for over 20 years, and I, I don't pretend to know everything about it. I'm still learning about it. Um, it's constantly evolving. It's it's evolving, but it's also so massive. I mean, all yeah. the programming. We've talked to, we've had the great fortune to talk to um, a majority of the track directors on this show. Uh, over the course of the years that we've been doing this. And, you know, I'm constantly amazed at their experiences because uh, tracks that I don't even, that are not even on my radar, um, you know, there's whole, there's whole contingents of the convention based around that track that are experiencing that and having exciting times. And I know nothing about what they're doing over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, uh, yeah. So yes and no, you are, I think you'll, will always be newbies to some extent, but not, um, not rookies. How's that? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. You're all rookies to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a question <laughs> that I think uh, maybe I don't know about. Well, maybe it would be interesting to see because I think uh, Tacoma has some experience with this as well as uh, myself. But um, asking about Dragon Con from a vendor standpoint. Um, is this a great show to do as a vendor, um, as far as, um, you know, the people that are attending, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, um, are they, you know, young, are they rude? Are they, do they have money, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yes. 
<laughs> to all of those accounts. Yes, they're young. They're, they're old. Young, they're young. They're old. They're rude. They're they're nice. poor. They're rich. They're <laughs> they're everywhere in between. They are American. Um, yes, Just and sometimes like not that. American. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. I guess yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Uh. My experience has has always been that. Um. And I I deal primarily in high ticket items. Uh. Our minimum is $125, maybe $100 for a bust. So um, now that's a bust. Wow. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 Tacoma, you might want to tell a little bit about like, what you do. <laughs> so, so <laughs> We're just for... giving away breasts back here. We got a B cup, a C cup. Think about the little stone busts, which is not what I do. Well, it's kind of what I do. So I work for Personify 3D, which is a 3D printing company that travels across the United States. Um, and we take scans of people and turn them into 3D statues. Uh, we also offer a bunch of other 3D and um, laser cutting services and rendering services as well. Um, but yeah, so we make uh, our, our cheapest item is, aside from our resin prints, is um, our our bust, which is roughly about three to four inches tall. And it's $100 without shipping or any fancy add-ons or anything. So we deal primarily in the higher ticket items. And the people that I've seen you're going to run into some people who are, who are a little rude, but uh, it could also just be that they have anxiety issues and there's a lot of people around or they just don't socialize well. Like, And then there are some that are just outright rude. For the most part, though, everybody is super duper nice and um, sometimes overly forthright about the fact that they can't afford whatever it is that you have, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. I have no problems with that. Especially um, on the last day of the con. Yeah, totally on the last day of con. Uh, some vendors will do sales on um, opening day for vending uh, because it helps drum up business quicker rather than on the last day of vending. Uh, it's just whatever it is that you're selling and whatever your strategy is for that. Um, you're going to run into old people, young people. Uh, there's everyone. You're not going to not run into to someone. You may even... We've, run into more than our fair share of celebrities and celebrity handlers and everyone else um, in our time. So, yeah, you're, you're going to get traffic. Yeah. Um, you're not going to just be sitting there or standing there or whatever, because you're, there's going to be people around all the time. If you've never vended the show before and you haven't already been accepted, uh, good luck. It's, it's a hard one to get to get signed into you're looking at over 80,000 people who show up to this and usually once you've been accepted to Dragon Con as a vendor that's it you're their vendor for that they won't bring in anybody else so just make sure that you know what it is well of course you know what it is that you're selling but see if there are any other vendors who are selling the same thing and see what your chances are of possibly getting into it and whether or not it's going to be worthwhile because it is an expensive show to buy into at least for us yeah. <laughs> And as far as Artist Alley goes, I can say that uh, I, it's my best show of the year. Uh, not just my favorite show of the year because it's so much fun, but also, I mean, we make the most money at any show. Um, and um, uh, not only do we have uh, people that come by the table that are regulars now, um, so they expect to see us. And we have the, the Tiki Hut, so we're pretty easy to find um, in, in, in almost any, any layout that we've been in. So, um, so that's always, uh, you know, a, a good thing to see people again and again and again, 
And so it makes as a as a artist and as a you know publisher and all that, I have to make sure I have new product every year. Um, but also, um, yeah, like I said, there's just uh, um, walk by traffic. So you're you're going to be working because you've got to you've got to get that walk by traffic to stop. <laughs> so so um, that's uh, that's a that's a a challenge, but it's a, a fun one. So. Bring cough drops. But yes, yes. They are my lifesaver. And, 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 no pun intended. Can't, and can't say it enough. Comfortable shoes. Yes. Uh, whether you're whether you're walking around the con all day or whether you're standing behind a table all day. Or even um, those little foam mats that you can put together that just kind of piece together. We use those and throw a carpet over top of it because yeah. otherwise you're on concrete. <laughs> now, and can I also say, too, that at least my experience is with the uh, comic and uh, a pop artist alley. Um, the, the, if you need anything, if you needed assistance, uh, the people who run that room are the best, uh, the volunteers, uh, the staff there have, uh, never been, uh, anything but, uh, uh, really, really nice and really, really helpful. So, um, loading is a pain in the ass and unloading is a pain in the ass. So make sure you, you figure out your logistics of that. Cause after the, other than that, you're going to have a great time. You can't see it, but I'm nodding enthusiastically. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now another question for the whole group. Um, this is coming from someone who uh, this is just after their convention experience last year. How does one get over the post-con depression? I had a blast with this being my first year. Now I don't know what to do with myself. Ideas or suggestions? Well, what I do is I like to set up a weekend with my con friends if they're local, and we have a movie day, and we just watch geeky movies for a day and try to enjoy the fact that, hey, we're not around 100,000 of our closest friends anymore, but we're still together as a group, and we're, we can have geeky movie night once a month or whatever and chill out that way. I think it's I think it's helpful to, like, Take that moment and realize, yeah, you're going to have a post-con depression period, but most of us have lives we've got to get back to, jobs we have to get back to, and we have to, like, snap out of it and get back into the, the swing of things, right? So it's inter- it's a good thing to go ahead and plan it, put it on the calendar, and and do it. That way, hey, you have something else to look forward to after the con, as opposed to... <sighs> exactly. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, along the same lines, is if you're in the area, you can always try MomoCon, which is also run by the people who uh, who do DragonCon, and that one's really fun if you're looking for just like a little pick-me-up halfway through, or a kick in the ass for those of us who costume, um, which also serves the next point, which is if you have friends in the area, um, along the same lines as Darren, is instead of getting together and watching movies, you can get together and have stitch and bitch sessions where you work on your costumes together. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Because <laughs> in late August, that becomes a bitch and hot glue gun session. <laughs> But that kind of it helps keep you it help keeps you it helps to keep you motivated um, going through the long months and you know sometimes people have stuff for you to work on and it helps build the relationship that you have with the the people that you either met while you were there or that you went there with or whatever the case may be or people who might be interested in going with you this time maybe you're doing a big group costume exactly it's just you know after the con. You, it's almost like surreal trying to get back to the real world because 
we always call it our ESO family reunion. But even before I was doing the podcast, it felt like these were my peeps. These were my friends. These were people I related to that I only got to see once a year. And because a lot of them lived cross country or other parts of the world, it's just, you know, it's great to see all these people and coming off of that. It's just like, it's crazy. And for me, it's almost like I hang with my friends. I try to get involved with so many different geeky things after Dragon Con. So it's almost like withdrawal. You're coming off of it slowly but surely. And, you know, going to like geek trivia or watching um, a movie marathon, like Darren said, and, you know, stuff like that. It's the best way to do it. Here is a question that I know that we've addressed many times before, but I think, you know, it bears repeating because there's a lot of people, some people might be listening to this for the first time. And uh, so this is a cosplay appreciation question. What's the proper way to ask an attendee in cosplay to take a picture? Is there an etiquette, not a cosplayer with a booth, but someone who's just enjoying the festivities? Yes, there's a right way and a wrong way. It's not as hard as it sounds. The best way is just say, hey, I love your costume. Could I take a picture? And usually they'll be like, yeah, totally. Um, the only times when they may you know, not be open to that um, are if cosplayer is sitting on the ground, has taken part of their costume off, is obviously eating. Um, those are not good times to ask for a picture. Um, and I know that you know you may worry you may not see them again later, but um, you you might. <laughs> and um, you'll be doing them a favor by giving them a few minutes to kind of collect themselves and just get ready for the next wave of people. Mm. But that's pretty much it. Don't touch them. Don't, you know, like look at their boobs and then ask for a picture. Just be chill. You'd be like, hey, I love your costume. Can I take a photo? And that's pretty much it. For me, I'm I'm okay with people tapping me on the shoulder because sometimes I can't always hear them if they're behind me or they're very quiet. They just tap me on my shoulder and say, excuse me, I'd love to take a photo of you. I love your costume, whatever. That's also acceptable for me. Um, but that's not necessarily the case for everyone. So you just want to be aware of that. Also, if they're in a large costume, they will have a handler. And if they don't, try to like flag them down with some flares or something. Um, <laughs> but if they have a, if they have a handler, then um, ask their handler first because their handler is the one who's directly communicating with them. And if you're coming with a big costume and you don't have a handler, what the heck are you doing? Noobs. <laughs> yeah. Try. <laughs> Noob. No, um, uh, I, I would say definitely not while people are eating or drinking or taking an yeah. obvious break. Um, people get tired of posing and smiling, you know, for minutes at a time. And you think, well, it's just my picture, but that person could have been standing up against that wall for like half an hour. You don't know because of the Marriott. That's not an over-exaggeration. People may be there for an hour or so getting pictures, maybe because they have an amazing costume. Well, and, and they just need a five-minute, like, hang on, let me get let me get my face out of my permanent smile for a minute here just to, like, chill. You know, and then start again. And that's fine. That's fine. 
I've seen cosplayers in the food court, uh, like taking off pieces of their armor, and then having to put it, and then having to put it back on because you know uh, a mom with like their little child came up to take a photo, and of course they didn't want to say no to the to the little kid, so they did it. But what it does is it triggers this chain reaction of people wanting to do the same thing. Meanwhile, they may or may not have their food, and if they do, it's going cold, like my tofu. Just kidding. <laughs> Inside jokes. <laughs> you had to hear the pre-show, folks. I, I also yeah. want to make it very clear, too, that we've used the terminology newbies and noobs throughout this this conversation, and I want to make sure that we are not using that in a derogatory, offensive fashion. We, oh, no. we love new people. We, we love new people. It's yes, great. absolutely. And it's a, it's a term of endearment. Uh, for sure. Um, okay, some th- a lot of people are asking things about uh, times. Like, I have a photo op at two thirty. What time do I line up? Or uh, is there a list where you know that is there something where it has dates and times that certain guests are going to be in the Walk of Fame, et cetera, et cetera? Um, uh, I can tell you this as far as time goes. Um, if anything is scheduled for a certain time. I would really, really, I don't think it's out of the norm to or out, unheard of to plan for being there an an hour before. Yeah. And for the big, big things, sometimes an hour and a half to two hours. Like for, I remember, uh, I think it was the last year that Adam Savage came to town. Um, the line was wrapped around two buildings and it was three hours beforehand. Um, but that was, that was a while ago. So, but yeah, be prepared to spend at least an hour in line. If it's something that you know you really, really, really want to go to, and it is one of the large events, show up earlier than that. But also remember, folks, you know, a lot of the bigger panels, they don't let you line up an hour before an hour before the show. Oh, I didn't realize that. I don't go to them because I refuse to stand in line that long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That's why they make dragons on TV. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, and they will turn people away who try to set up unofficial lines and, you know, such, you know, as soon as the the people get in for the previous panel, then they let you start lining up for okay, the next so one. Be prepared to haunt the area. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very much so. People do There's that. There's a water fountain. There's a bathroom. Yeah. You can haunt. Exactly. You can hang. There's nothing, nothing saying you can't hang and haunt, but, and these lines, there are lines that, do wrap around the hotels sometimes twice yeah for some of them and you know god Takai was another one oh i'm not even going to mention that uh cook who came to dragon con oh alton brown alton brown yes i know i was trying not to name him oh sorry (laughs) oh well exactly so yeah how many people were out there for him and people tried getting out there for four hours before and they the people kept to keep on saying no not yet you come back in three hours you know literally mm-hmm. and they had to get somebody got into a shouting match because of it bring snacks uh, yeah bring snacks bring, bring and, your and, food kit and your sociable your sociable stance because you're going to be standing around those people for a while yeah <laughs> all right uh final question of this uh this episode uh, and we're going to do this again. I think this has been a lot of fun. And I want to encourage people out there who are listening, if you have a question, send it to us because uh, we will be more than happy to, uh, to to look into it if it's something that we don't already know. And uh, this has been fun. Um, 
The uh, are people allowed in the Marriott lobby slash bars uh, at all without badges after hours? Uh, I was going to meet some friends for drinks, <laughs> but I didn't know if we had to go elsewhere since we don't have a badge to get into the convention. You have to go elsewhere. Yes. If you do not have a badge or a hotel room key, they you will not may like not you. get into the hotel. And they and have I, really gotten strict about it. Yeah, I've yeah. seen hotel security say, turn around, doesn't matter. They're like, well, we just wanted to go eat. No, yep. go away. Pick a, pick a restaurant. There's tons of them. Yep. And they're open late. May not, may yeah. Not. It used to be like you could sneak in in the morning time, but they've really gotten, they've really locked it down. Yes. So. And, and that's for everybody's safety. It's for safety reasons. Yeah. yeah, it really is. It's not because, you know. It's just it's just for safety reasons that, you know, especially after last year with the chairs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think that, yeah, if and plus, please, you know, it's it's going to be crazy enough. If you don't have a badge, if you're not going to Dragon Con, please don't try to get involved with the madness. It's just going to frustrate you. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to, you know, it's it's just not something that, uh, you know, I mean, if you want to meet friends at a restaurant somewhere that are from Atlanta, but they don't want to do the show. Yes, there are plenty of places to go. As we mentioned, a lot of restaurants that are outside the convention area, or you can take a quick Uber ride to another uh, a restaurant or a meeting place. So um, that is extreme. That is extremely doable. Just like, be aware that your Uber ride is also going to take forever because traffic forever. is horrible. Yeah. Oh yeah, traffic well, is yes. horrible, and and getting from your hotel room to an <laughs> event. If you can walk it, walk it. Exactly, and <laughs> folks, from, folks do remember it is not just Dragon Con downtown there that time of year. There is yeah. also football games going on. There's also other events going up, you know, throughout Midtown and throughout it's the area. Pride. Exactly, exactly. So but Piedmont there's Park other will events. Be swamped. And you know, there's a book fair, you know, book fair in Decatur, and you know, I think the Braves are in town too, right? But the to... Braves, Braves are in downtown anymore, so that's that's, that's, true. that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So to that's a plus. Right now. To circle back around to one of the first questions that was asked about, uh, I think it was about kind of getting around and things that you should know for uh oh one of the first things that you should do when you get there when you get there first things you should see just as a as a warning for anybody who um has bad knees or trouble walking long distances sometimes on inclines make sure that you look at your there's a bus map that will take you from each of the vending halls and the hotels uh, so make sure that you check that and find out where your stops are for those of you who do need that. Or if you ever get heat exhausted throughout the day, they are air conditioned. And dehydration and heat exhaustion are a serious thing. It is Georgia in August and September. Exactly. Yeah. Which is going to be 95 degrees plus 105% humidity. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that's Welcome not to including Georgia. the people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Add all that body heat to it and you're, you're sweltering. So mm-hmm. exactly. And, you know, also be warned Atlanta is known for pop-up thunderstorms during that time of the yeah. year too. Oh yeah. Couldn't wear my mystique last year. Mm. You got to watch it when you're wearing leather. Exactly. You know, water do not mix. So. Exactly. Well, this was a lot of fun. Thanks everybody. Uh, a very good responses, very good answers for everything. Um, it's almost like we've done this kind of thing before. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty awesome actually. I'm so, um, pin. so, uh, yeah, we're going to take a uh, quick break and then we come back. Uh, I believe Michelle's going to tell us some tales of the paranormal at Dragon Con. <laughs> Thank you. 
And now we're here with Michelle Biddick-Simmons of Drop by Dragon Con. Hey, Michelle. Hello. So what do you got for us this month? Uh, something completely different. So, And now for something completely different. Um, I'm going to tell you two Dragon Con ghost stories. Both are true. Both Ooh. have... Um, both have odd verification. So the first one um, happened actually three times. And one year, like I'd seen them once before, and it was like, like the first or second year we had gone, we were, it was really late, and I was with Paul, but he was walking up ahead of me, and we were in the bottom of the Marriott in this one area, and I saw these people going down a hallway and I thought, Oh, there must be, cause you know, the wizard con that happened. I don't know if you know that there's a little wizards group that meets at dragon con every year. And so I thought, Oh, there must be people that dress up like old doctors from the like Victorian or Edwardian era and nuns. And, and I noticed they looked a little odd and yeah, I am a scientist, but I do believe energy stays. So, um, so I thought, you know, hmm, that's interesting. Didn't say anything. And, uh, the next year, we had friends that stayed late, and so um, they stayed till Tuesday with us. And so Paul was up in the room gaming with them, and I went down to get something from that little store. And the elevator went to the wrong floor. It went down to the same floor that I'd seen these people a couple of years before. And I got out because I was distracted and realized and saw these people walking by. And it was the same. I was like, that is just so weird. So they meet every year at this time? And it was doctors, that's what they look like, and um, white coats, but they were all kind of sapia tone. I was like, okay, I know I didn't drink that much. And so I got on the elevator, and nuns, and I got back up to the room, and I was telling Paul, and he said, yeah, you mentioned that last year, or two years before. And then the next time I'd seen it was the year the next ghost story, the big part happens. And one of my friends said, when I told them about it, and I put it up on Facebook, um, because that's three times that I've seen these people in the same area. It's old-fashioned looking nuns uh, with the wimples and um, and like old Victorian looking doctors. And one of my friends said, Michelle, um, she works for a, a hospital here in town. She said, um, my friends asked me to find and get a photo of a plaque that's on the side of the Marriott, which I didn't know about. And she told me, Michelle, that's the site where the Marriott is of the old Catholic hospital. Is that not creepy? And it was like pre-Civil War or just post-Civil War. So it would be a time when they would have the doctors and nuns like that. Wow. So yeah. Yeah. Either it's amazing cosplay that just happens to meet at the same time every year. No, let me tell you. Here's the thing. I have very good recall for the way people move and um, details that I, I can't explain it, but they, Mike, they were walking in the same column, like two and one and two and then two and then one. Like, like what I'm trying to say is it wasn't, it was the same thing three times. Did something traumatic happen there? Or... I don't think so, but here's the thing. Um, I, I wonder if, so I think if you do the same pattern again and again and again, I wonder if it would be built into, because, you know, Atlanta has a lot of rock underneath there. And if you think about it, where that, that particular floor, I'm not going to say which floor it was, um, it, would be at a closer level for the bottom of the hospital. Let me just say that. So I'm not sure. I know that they had like a, um, 
a couple of fever outbreaks and things like that in Atlanta during that time. And I think the Spanish flu even went through really badly. But I don't know. The only other place I've had anything like that in Atlanta with the nuns was, um, oh, God, I can't think of the name. We went to see Dita Von Tees there, and I got really freaked out downstairs in the bathroom, and I was told later that was the old morgue. I was like, oh, great. But, um, okay, the other Dragon Con story. So this has been, this was seen by a lot of people, and it's happened before, and then it happened, it's happened twice after, but not to this extreme. So um, the first couple of years we had gone to Dragon Con, uh, Velocity wasn't around. And I'm not going to say what side in Velocity this is, and I'm going to leave some details out. So they, the, the wait staff, I've had talks with a couple of them, and they've told us that they've had issues. So um, we, a couple of times after Velocity opened, we would be in eating and stuff, and randomly on one side of the restaurant, a glass would be flipped. And people at the table would be kind of like, what the hell happened? Um, yeah, you're going to have to beat that out. Um, and so one year, two, and it wasn't that long ago, some friends of ours came with us for the first time to Dragon Con. And we went in to have dinner. And we were seated at the table that's close to one we almost always sit at. It's right next to it. And so while we were seated there, the table next to us, there were two couples. And the girl that was the waitress is a friend of ours. And so, well, she no longer works there, but she was a friend of ours who worked there because we met her over the years. And so she brought extra drinks out because, you know, when it's really busy, that it's really hard to get the drinks into you. So um, she brought extra drinks out for our table and for that table. Well, the couple sitting there talking and the other couple came in and they're all sitting and talking. And all of a sudden, one of the drinks just flips over. And they're all like, what happened? And we saw it, and other people around us saw it, and someone came out and helped them clean it up and stuff and and took the stuff away. And when they left, because she had brought extra drinks out, there were several drinks sitting there that were full. So it was like two Cokes and an iced tea that were totally full to the top. And so um, the assistant manager starts to come out to pick up stuff, and as she walks over, another glass. But this time it doesn't just flip over. It goes off the table and falls onto the seat and onto the banquette. And so we're just like, what happened? And everybody in our area saw it. And everybody's like, oh, my God. And the assistant manager didn't see it, but everybody's telling her. And so everybody's, like, checking the table, make sure it's level, et cetera. Well, she gets stuff off, leaves two drinks, starts to leave. And when she comes back in, the manager's with her. And as she and the manager come into the table, to, toward the table, the last drink that was left slides off the table, and the table's not wet, slides off the table, flips, and hits the banquette. Doesn't break, not one of the glasses broke, just fluid went everywhere. And everybody in that section by now is like, ah, uh, what is going on? And then they cleaned up the rest of the table, and they didn't seat anybody there for like until the rest of us left. And so um, the couple that were with us, the woman and I were both like, okay, that was just really odd. And so the next year when we came back, I had already spoken to a couple of the staff that we were friends with. And we've been told, um, Mary, I probably won't like me saying it, but I don't care because it's interesting. They've had some issues like this before. And so we've seen other things flip and not thought anything of it. Well, the next year, Paul and I are in there, and we're discussing it, and we're seated two tables down from there, and we're wondering, you know, like, 
because it, it just weird. And so we're discussing it. And the table next to us, there's a couple sitting and talking. And all of a sudden, his drink flips over. No one is near it. His hand was, he's holding hands with her across the table. His drink's over to the side and it just flips over. Glass does not break, fluid everywhere. And it was another full glass. And so Paul's like, good to know he's still here. But um, since like, since that, we've seen at least two other ones flip. Is that not interesting though? That's crazy. And wow. it was like the entire area over there was full because it was during Russia. It was like 7.30, I think, is when it happened. And it was full. I think it was Friday or Saturday night. And everybody over there saw it. And then the manager and the assistant manager, you could tell. And then we asked our waitress before she left because she, she's no longer there, she and her sister. But um, they've told us, yeah, we had other things that happened here and, and stuff that happened on this side. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's just, it's craziness. And, you know, you might have a soul with a really sense of humor or maybe just has a thing for alcohol. I wonder if it's because there's so much energy when Dragon Con's going on. You know, it's so much energy and so many people there. But um, the thing that we were told was a lot of the stuff started after the guy committed suicide. Mm -hmm. And we because it didn't we'd never seen a glass flip in the first couple of years we'd been there i mean sure someone can knock it off accidentally etc but but pretty darn interesting and i have to tell you everybody in that area if you had been there with us when that was going on at that table looking across at the like everybody staring at it waiting for the next thing to happen and we all saw that last one it was bizarre Mm -hmm, of course it's craziness and you know some people are more also attuned to seeing otherworldly souls. I totally agree with that. And even though I'm highly scientific, I do believe that that we, since we are energy, I do believe that energy can stay um, on some level. And so I do believe that some things like this do happen. And considering I've lived through two of them at, at the Marriott, but that I would love to see, I would love to find out if anybody else has seen the doctors and the nuns down, well, downstairs i'm not going to say what level because what's interesting is where the plaque is because i've finally seen it is kind of where they walk to Mm -hmm. so i'm like that's really interesting maybe you know it's like a commemorative thing there so maybe that's what they're walking to sometimes certain events you know trigger situations also so yeah yeah like and like you said dragon con brings a lot of souls together and when I've seen them at Dragon Con, that particular thing with the nuns and doctors has always been like Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That is yeah. really, really interesting. <laughs> I know. Well, no one's ever told Dragon Con ghost stories before. No, that's awesome. That is really awesome. So any other little bits of information you want to give as inspiration for folks? Oh, okay. Let's see. We have just over four months to go or just at four months now so it is not too late to get out there and walk and do exercise and start working on your feet and break in your shoes and drink water and find us at drop by dragon con the community not the page mm-hmm. exactly and if you're ghost if you're ghost hunters don't go and like try to to track them down because i don't think the marriott would really appreciate it unless you can get permission to do it there's been so many ghost hunters at dragon con i don't <laughs> think they stand a chance <laughs> 
them would be the ones that, you know, saw the nuns and stuff. But Nope. It's you. I know. It's me. It's you. Well, thank you, Michelle, and we'll see you next month. Thank you. And now we're here with Eternal Zan. Hey, Zan, how are you this month? I am doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Sorry I missed you at Weird Al, but I think we both had a great time at that show. Oh, it was fantastic. I wore my Marriott carpet dress and my Eternal Zan tiara because I had gotten the package where I was going to get a picture with Weird Al afterwards. And so, of course, all our people were there. People kept coming up to me going, is that the Marriott carpet? And like giving me the thumbs up. And I met a couple people from Dragon Con that I only knew from like email or Facebook. So it was it was fantastic. And of course, the concert rocked and Emo Phillips was amazing as the opening act. Yes, he was. He was a lot, a lot of fun. So what do you got for us this month? Well, last month we talked about how you can't redeem any credit card or hotel rewards points for days that you booked with the discounted Dragon Con rate. So this month, I'd like to talk a little bit more about rewards points and some changes and to further clarify that you can earn rewards points with your stay at the Dragon Con rate, but you can't spend them for nights at the Dragon Con rate. So if you book separate nights outside of the Dragon Con rate, you may be able to use your rewards points for those nights. So I'm just going to take a minute and define my terms for those who are new to Dragon Con. Gotcha. Do tell. Okay, so there's two ways to book your room, with and without the discounted Dragon Con rate. There are a limited number of rooms with the discounted Dragon Con rate, and special terms and conditions apply to this rate. And you can read all the details on Dragon Con's official website. Rules vary by hotel, but there's typically a three or four night minimum stay required for a host hotel and some overflows and a non-refundable deposit. So definitely read all of the rules for the deposit and cancellation policy before committing because these vary by each hotel. You can also book, if you can get a room, because these are very popular hotels, outside the discounted rate by booking directly with the hotel at their official website or a third-party site like hotels or booking.com or expedia.com and so on. But outside the Dragon Con rate, this rate can be twice as much as the discounted Dragon Con rate. So of course, everybody wants to try and get the cheaper rate if they can. The best rates outside the Dragon Con rate usually require full prepayment for the entire stay and are non-refundable. So if you cancel your room, you can't get any of your money back. So did you have any questions about that before I move on to some changes in the rewards point system? Nope. Keep going, going. Okay. So host hotels are where Dragon Con actually happens. Overflow hotels are a little bit further away from the host hotels, but they still offer the Dragon Con rate. And then there's all the other hotels in Atlanta that have no connection to Dragon Con, so they're not going to offer the discounted Dragon Con rate. All they're going to have is a full rate. So we talked a little bit about uh, the difference between the Dragon Con rate and the not Dragon Con rate. And if you book separate nights outside of the Dragon Con rate, you may be able to use your rewards points for those nights. And now that Wednesday is the new Thursday, more people can may start arriving earlier. So for people new to Dragon Con, Thursday used to be an unofficial day, but last year became the first official day of the convention, and that's going to be true again this year. 
So now Wednesday is becoming the new fan day that people arrive to have unofficial meetups with their friends because nothing official has been scheduled and the Dragon Con rate has never been available on Wednesday night. So, so again, if a date isn't eligible for the discounted Dragon Con rate, then you can probably use your hotel rewards points if you have enough on that day. So the Dragon Con rates, the Dragon Con dates may vary by hotel. So for example, some hotels may offer the Dragon Con rate starting on Thursday, but others might not have it available until Friday. And what's important about this year is that the Marriott and Starwood hotels, which are the Weston and Sheraton when it comes to host hotels, are making changes to their rewards points program that are going to affect the Marriott, the Westin, the Sheraton, and over 20 more hotel brands, including some overflow hotels like the W and the Ritz-Carlton. So to check the full list online, go to marriott.com slash rewards, or you can go to marriott.com and at least at the time of this recording, there was a link on the homepage that gave you all the details about the rewards. I think the most important things about the changes, and I'm not gonna have time to cover them all here, is that things are gonna be streamlined. So there'll be a single sign-in. So if you have accounts with Marriott Rewards and SPG, then in August or before you'll wanna combine them even if you've already linked them because combining accounts will create a single account and profile and it will combine your points. So combining your accounts to get more points means you'll have more points that you can redeem if you book any nights outside the discounted Dragon Con rate. And now I'm gonna skip a little bit and just talk about the Hilton Honors Program because the Hilton um, recently released some information about their about uh, the Hilton. Um, the Hilton Honors Program allows up to 10 people to pool their points together. So if you're a room host who is booking some or all of the dates at the full non-discounted Dragon Con rate, you could choose to accept payment in rewards points or cash or a combination of both. And other hotel rewards programs may let you do the same thing, so it's definitely worth looking into. Last month, we talked about how the Hilton was letting people in from their wait list. And as of this recording, maybe not by the time you're listening to the podcast, but as we're recording it, the Hilton has not released their full rate rooms yet, the rooms that are generally available after they get done with people on the wait list. The people on the wait list get rooms at the Dragon Con rate. And then after that, usually sometime after they're done with the wait list, they start releasing rooms at the full rate, which is good because you can use points for rooms at the full rate. And then I know we're running a little bit close on time. So I briefly looked up how many points it costs, except I really couldn't find exactly how many points it would cost during Dragon Con because right now I couldn't find on any of the host hotel websites that I looked at. I just looked at the Marriott, the Hilton and the Hyatt. I couldn't find nights that were even available for during Dragon Con. So the best I could do was find out that on Wednesday night, you could book a room for 30,000 points at the Marriott. And at the Hilton, Wednesday night was 40,000 points. Hyatt didn't even show up as available for Wednesday night, but Tuesday night was 17,000 points. So given those are the availability for the pre-Dragon Con nights, I'm just gonna assume that it's definitely gonna be more points than that 
once they become those rooms become available for the full rate during the weekend because of course it's going to cost more during dragon con friday than it's going to cost like pre-dragon con wednesday does that make sense oh of course you know supply and demand yeah so hopefully we just you know keep an eye on the websites and see what becomes available so for example last year you could get rooms at the marriott at the non-dragon con rate and once you added in taxes, fees, and parking at the non-Dragon Con rate for the Marriott, you were talking six to $800 a night, depending on room type, which, yes, is insane, but those are typical prices for Dragon Con at the Marriott for the non-Dragon Con rate. Like, those prices are actually pretty in line with what they were for last year. So, as you can see, that's why everybody wants the Dragon Con rate, because it's a lot cheaper. But, of course... So did you have any questions about the points or how to use the points or what you can do with the points? No, I knew that Starwood and also Marriott and the Ritz were all going under the same roof. And that does help a lot of people. And no matter what hotel, you're all going towards, you know, a lot of the same goals now. And so then the only other main hotels that are in the group is the Hilton Honors or the Hyatt points. Yep. Oh, so, one one final thing. If we if do we have any time left? Do we, or you, are we? You have a, we, no. You have about a minute. Okay, in one minute left. I just wanted to make a quick tip. A quick tip about making multiple reservations. If you do choose to say, make a reservation for a couple nights before Dragon Con, and then a reservation during Dragon Con, and then maybe a separate reservation for a day after Dragon Con, because sometimes. Honestly, when making reservations, I get the dates I can get at the time when bookings open. I just snap up whatever dates I can get, and then I add on the extra days later in the year when they become open because, you know, three or four nights at the Dragon Con rate and then adding on an extra reservation at the not Dragon Con rate can actually work out well for people because I volunteer for setup and teardown now. So I need those extra nights anyway. And um, what I've learned is when you make separate reservations, your keys could stop working. So if you have more than one reservation, when you check in, let them know that so that they can link your reservations together and definitely ask them, hey, am I gonna need to change my keys? Because I ended up outside my room at the Marriott at 3 a.m. with my keys not working on the date that my, that my reservation changed over from one reservation to another. And my roommates were like, hey, guys, why, you know, they were like, why didn't you just wake us up? And I was like, well, I don't, well, I didn't want to be the roommate that wakes people up at 3 a.m. So I just used my phone and called the front desk and had them come up to my room and give me another set of keys and lesson learned. Well, okay. Well, thank you again, Sand. So I hope that information helps people and helps people save money. Very much so. Thanks a lot for this month, and we will see you again next month. See you next month. Well, since we spent a little bit of time, actually a lot of time, talking about some uh, some answers that we have to newbie-type questions, of course, we have to have uh, one of the uh, the the men behind the newbie group uh, for Dragon Con. Kevin Batchelder is back with us. Kevin, welcome back to the station. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here, as always. So um, I'm kind of curious, from your point of view, dealing with, and look, I want to make it clear. We made it clear in the beginning, too, when we started our discussion, 
we have no, we, you know, I love new people coming. So it's not, it, you know, when I say newbies, that, that is no way a derogatory term. Um, and I know you guys don't mean it that way either, right? Oh, goodness, no. I mean, <laughs> right. we, were all, we were all newbies at some point. So, no, we've all been there. And this is the, you know, the, the lovely excitement of the con is having new folks come in to, to let us all learn. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I know some people have, you know, grumbled and groaned how large the con the convention's gotten over the years. But, you know, for the most part, like I said, I think it's, it's great. Um, um, so um, but I am curious, you know, like I said, there are a lot of that. Obviously, they have a lot of questions. And we have all established that as special as Dragon Con is, it is unique. Right. There's a lot of things that are not traditional. So if you've gone to whether it's a small convention near in your in your hometown or uh, a large convention like San Diego, New York, going to DragonCon is a completely different experience. Oh yes, we say that over and over, and that comes up certainly in our newbies group and in a lot of discussions there. Uh, so there's so, a lot about that, about that. Yeah. So what would you say are some of the misconceptions that people have, either uh, like by reputation of DragonCon or just because of the way? normal conventions do things that DragonCon is, is unique with? What, what would you say are some of the misconceptions like right off the bat where a lot of newbies are like, oh, I didn't know it was going to be like this? Well, probably the number one item that we see with the newbies is they have, I say they, uh, those of you that are new or newish have no idea how much walking you're going to do over the course of the convention. That's <laughs> true. Uh, I mean, most folks are, whether again, whether it's a large convention um, or a, a smaller one they might have gone to. Usually it's in a convention center or a single hotel. Uh, so while you might be doing some standing and, you know, some energy exertion, uh, again, five hotels um, plus the America's Mart uh, plus downtown Atlanta, you are going to be walking miles and miles over the course of the weekend. And it's really, some folks are just not prepared for that. That's a good call. I don't know if that's one that would have come immediately to mind, and it should because, man, it is brutal. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a reason why you know we have uh, Michelle on talking about uh, drop by Dragon Con because you need to get like really physically fit for the show. Well, I'm not sure I'd quite go that far because you know many <laughs> of us, including folks right here on this call right now, are not in the best shape, uh, shall we say? But. <laughs> So no, you don't have to be, I would say, in great shape, but you do have to realize, uh, think about it, four days or more of, of a lot of standing and a lot of walking. So you do need to be comfortable with that and realize that that will be a big part of it. I mean, uh, many of the folks, you know, Michael Faulkner and many other folks that uh, many of you know uh, that have the Fitbits, when they track them on the weekend, they're, they're walking 25, 35 miles uh, over the course of that weekend. So it's just, it's a lot of that. So you just need to be prepared as far as you know, keeping the well hydrated, keeping your snacks, getting your food, getting your sleep, because otherwise, man, you will just be dragging big time come, you know, Saturday afternoon. Comfortable shoes. Yeah, that's one of the ones we play up a lot for the newbies. And folks totally scoff at that, but like, no, break something in a few weeks before con, whether it's sneakers or shoes, whatever works for you, because, yeah, you're going to be doing a lot of standing. And if your feet hurt, you're going to miss out on a lot of great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. What about uh, some of the other uh, notions that uh, they have? Uh, well, some of the things that will happen, depending upon who you're getting your general info about DragonCon from, uh, let's face it, there are some folks who who give it the reputation that it's like just crazy wild things happening at night and some of the other things. And while there is a lot of visual stimulation here, it's not like there's folks running around naked in the hallways. 
So we do get some folks thinking it's, you know, it's maybe a little crazier than it really is. While things certainly can get somewhat adult come your evenings, it's it's not like there's going to be anything uh, along the lines of nudity or, or, you know, drinking, shall we say, in a, in a bad way. So do realize it is, uh, we say you program your own con in the sense that some folks come to party, and you can certainly do that, but if you're the type who is only here for some of the content and the guests, uh, it's not like you're going to be frowned upon for doing that. Some folks get afraid that, oh, I'm not a partier, so I won't fit in. And that's that's a definite misconception. There's a lot of everything at Dragon Con, but uh, I find it's very well respected, even among the different groups of folks who come for different reasons. Yeah. And and yes, I am uh, living proof of that. I mean, I am uh, I, I it was a long time. Uh, I've been going to Dragon Con for 20 some years and. Those first, I'd say, maybe 10 years, I never went to any parties or did any of that that stuff um, uh, because I was mostly we were mostly there during the day. You know, we'd be there. Uh, we would do the panels, the walk of fame, you know, walk around, hang out and then we'd have to go home. So because, um, uh, you know, live locally so you could do that. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I mean, you can believe me, it is it is perfectly enjoyable to do without the partying. Um, although I know that there's some people that just wouldn't understand that concept at all. <laughs> no, but that's wonderful. I mean, and some folks, like you said, like who come and, uh, you know, we're off and out about to do things by, you know, nine, nine thirty in the morning and doing it all day and, and calling it a day, you know, in the early evening. And there's some folks who don't get up until five o'clock because they plan to party until 5 a.m. And you can do that too. <laughs> yes. You yes. get to pick and choose. That there's so much to choose from that that's fine. Um, and some folks who, like you said, start doing it one way, get a little older and switch to the other, and then kind of come back. Some do a mix. All of it is appreciated. All of it is enjoyed, and all of it is respected. But yes, you will see a wide range. You know, we joke about that sometimes. I walk out the hotel room uh, door at 8:30, and I'm seeing folks coming into their room for the first time in 12 hours, and I'm heading out. So, you know, you'll see it all different ways. Yep, <laughs> you're going down the elevator, and they're coming up. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, the conception that it's nothing but partying is, is for some folks. It depends on who you're asking to describe DragonCon, because it is so many different things to so many different people. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, 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 I dare say, no two attendees have the same experience. Um, uh, what about during the tour itself? Is there anything that happens like a, a certain moment in the tour where you can go, okay, there, this is going to be something they're going to be like, whoa, we didn't know that. Um, again, it's just in that general sense that because it is five hotels and it's, you know, a couple of them, as we, those of us who've been know, are connected easily via walkways you know, the couple that are not. And also the thing that we don't do it so much on the tour, but we do talk about it quite a bit on the tour is that if you do have to venture to the Sheraton and the Weston or move between those two, that is a pretty steep hill going up from the Sheraton to the Weston. Um, so if you're trying to do that out on the streets of Atlanta, the folks, this is, that's not a level walk. You, you've got a pretty good hill there. So again, this is where we talk about that whole walking and being somewhat in walking shape. Uh, that it's not inside in a nice air-conditioned walkway like you might be in a couple of hotels. So do realize, if you venture out to see the day ball, uh, you know, realize some directions you're going, it's downhill, and some it's quite an uphill walk. Anything of uh, uh, maybe surprising as far as the programming or how uh, policies work, certain policies that DragonCon has that might be unique? 
Um, well, one that isn't so much unique, but isn't, I, I guess it's kind of rare, certainly if you're going to something like a San Diego Comic-Con, uh, you can't room sit, meaning that uh, if you want to see a celebrity panel in a certain room, you can't get there four hours ahead of time and just grab a seat and know it's going to be yours for the next four hours. They do clear rooms for any of the big guest panels, so knowing when to line up and such can be something to learn that is different at several cons. I mean, there are a few that are like Dragon Con, but San Diego Comic-Con and some others do allow you to do that whole room sit situation, so be aware of that from a policy uh, situation. But the other big thing, too, we certainly see when it comes to misconceptions or surprises is a lot of folks will come to a con and think they can ask almost anyone, hey, what are the handful of can't-miss events that I'm sure everybody will tell you are the same list for them? <laughs> and we're like, no, with 35-plus programming tracks and content almost 24 hours a day, you can't see everything. And uh, you can ask 10 people what their top five events are, and you're going to get 50 different answers. So you do have to do, if you want to be able to say that you got to all the stuff you liked, you do have to do a little bit of prep work coming into con. This is not like some cons where you literally can just grab the program at the door, take 15 minutes, and be up to speed on what's the best choices. You're, you're going to have hundreds of choices, and a little bit of prep will do you a lot of benefit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Although I would say that you won't go wrong if you're, you know, if you try to attend all the programming that that you are part of, as well as uh, myself and the rest of ESO Network. <laughs> well, the great thing about Con is, <laughs> you know, you might start out with a nice plan of having these 16 things you want to do on any given day. But we also say for those who've been enough to keep things flexible because you might run into someone you didn't know you would or find a track or a programming event that is just so cool. You don't want to leave a certain area and you can do that too. And certainly by the end of con or late in the day on any given day, you might just decide, I don't want to make that walk to the such and such hotel. What's going on right here five minutes from now. So flexibility will be your friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and on the, on the note of uh, about the panels and the scheduling and all that, um, I would imagine, I mean, I don't know how well yours is organized, but it seems like now every year I have to make a decision between um, a conflict. Like when I get my schedule, I'm like, oh, I have to decide between a couple things. Does that happen to you as well almost every year? Oh, um, absolutely. There's no doubt, <laughs> especially the more great content we all have access to from shows, movies and tracks. Yeah, you'll look down at that schedule, man, and, and there'll be sometimes like three or four of those things that if you thought about it ahead of time, you would have said, there's no way I'm going to miss this. Well, you might have two or three of those to pick from. <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be it's, it's, it's like, the, oh, they're happening all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's you know, we say geek Christmas, but it's kind of like that Christmas morning when you were younger and you came down and saw, you know, 10 presents under the tree. You cannot unwrap them all at the same time, no matter how hard you try. So you do have to kind of make some tough choices sometimes. Absolutely. And uh, and well, we're just grateful that uh, the, the newbies groups has uh, folks like yourself that are, are willing to to dish out information and, uh, you know, literally hold people by the hand at some point. Oh, yeah. We make sure that that Facebook group, uh, any question related to con is, is a good one because you're not the only one who probably has it. Now, does the Facebook group also correlate with the people who are volunteering for the tours? Um, is that associated in any way, or is it just kind of a loose association? Well, it's normally the folks that are in the group, because we've got like 3,500 or so members, uh, will be folks who will be tour guides. They'll be members in the group all year long. But we, you know, each year we, uh, Kim does a great job there recruiting uh, folks to, to work as the 
travel guides and, and we all kind of learn from each other and, and take it from there. That's one of the great things. Every year we're learning new stuff and it's a, it's a great group and it changes from time to time too. So in addition to, obviously, uh, you know, we've said many, many times that if you're new to Dragon Con or even if you're experienced and you have, um, you know, a question, the newbie group is a, blight, a great place to do that, to ask that question um, because people there will, will respond. Um, but as far as people who want to be on the other side and help out, um, is, is that the group to go to? And is it, is it Kim the contact or is there some other contact that they should reach out to? Yeah, no, come into the group, um, you know, be available to answer any general questions. But if you want to speak up when the time comes, when we put out a call for folks to be involved as far as tour guides, yeah. Uh, Kim does a great job running that. Kim and Sue really oversee a good part of that, and they both do a wonderful job with that. But, yep, just speak up, and trust me, anybody wants to help out, we, <laughs> we'll we make sure to get back to them and, and get you more details and eventually start to you know work with all those folks who will be tour guides. So everybody's on the same page with what's going to happen. Awesome. Well, we are glad that you are here to help us all out uh, every month, and we appreciate it. In addition to the Newbies Group on Facebook, where else can people find you? Uh, podcaster, talking about all kinds of sci-fi TV and such. You can find me at uh, tuningintosci-fi-tv.com. Awesome. Look it up, people. It's fun stuff. You guys are, uh, are you still reviewing Arrow? Uh, no, we don't have the Arrow stuff there. That's over at Golden Spiral Media. But, uh, oh, okay. Yep, no, covering all the genre shows on our weekly uh, Tuning It to Sci-Fi TV podcast. So we will cover Arrow and many other shows there as well. Excellent, excellent. Well, thanks again, and we'll talk to you next month. All righty, can't wait. Thanks again, Kevin. And now it's time to hear some dragon tales from some familiar voices, starting Ooh. first. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I wonder who was going to do it. We all going to do it. No, well, you didn't stop for Dragon Tales. <laughs> yeah, you, did, you just you went in. Just kept walking. You have yeah, to pause, Mikey. All right, I'll you try it. Beat there. <laughs> right. Did you go to acting school? Huh? <laughs> huh? I, I, I didn't. I You're know. not an actor. Clearly. Oi. All right. We'll try this one more time. Could have been a contender. Wait, are we doing it or are we not doing it? We're going to do it. Totally freaking doing it. <laughs> In three, two. Thanks again, Kevin. And now it's time for some dragon tales. That's it. We nailed okay. it. That's a keeper. All right. I'm gonna isolate it. What do you mean? <laughs> to uh to this month we're gonna hear from some very familiar voices, starting with uh Michelle. Hello. Hey Michelle, what do you got for us? Um, okay, our very first Dragon Con. So this was a long time ago, I think 17 or 18 years ago. Um, I was very excited that we were going to be seeing Virginia Hay on a Farscape panel because we both love Farscape. Well, um, I think it was the very first morning, and as we were getting ready to leave the room, for some reason, I did something I'd never done before. I reached back in the bathroom and I grabbed a little tiny bottle of mouthwash. Um, and if you know me, this is like I've never done this. Paul didn't even know why I was doing it. So um, we go to where the panel was, and for some reason they had them in a little tiny room downstairs in the bottom of the Hyatt. And everybody's already in there because we're, you know, trying to get our seats before they all come in. And so I ran in to go to the bathroom, and in the bathroom is Virginia Hay and one of her people. And um, I think it was her sister or a good friend, but she <laughs> she had just realized she only put half of her makeup on. So one half of her face was done, and the other half had nothing. 
And so I went in and, and used the bathroom. And uh, as I came back out to wash my hands, she and her friend were in a discussion of neurobiology of men and women's brains. And of course, you know, I'm going to get into that. And so she and I, her friend left to, to go to the panel and the two of us were in there having this great conversation and she was trying to like fix her eyes. <laughs> so they matched. And then she said to me, Oh my God, I just realized, well, she didn't say God, but she said, Oh my, I just realized I haven't brushed my teeth. Do you happen to have any mouthwash? And I was like, Oddly enough, I do. Give me a second. So I ran in and, and got it out of my bag and came back in, and we're sitting there still talking. We're literally sitting on the counter. And um, she does the mouthwash and stuff, and we're still talking. And then she starts to hand it back to me and goes, I can't believe I almost handed you that. You don't want, you know, my my spit and saliva all over this. And we're both laughing hysterically. They had to send someone into the bathroom to get us out because we had probably been in there 10 or 15 minutes she is one of the most incredible people I've ever met. We had the best conversation and I'm hoping to have like another interaction with her in the future. But to this day, it's still so funny that the mouthwash thing had never done anything like that before. Would not do something like that because I don't, you know, that's just not me, but it was very, very funny. That's such an awesome memory. And she is such a great person. We've actually had her as part of the, uh, Deke seat in the past. She's wonderful. One of my favorite, in fact, um, we loved Farscape so much and it was so sad when she had to leave and why she had to leave and the illness with the, the dyes and stuff. It was bad. Oh, yeah. But it was fabulous to meet her. No, it's totally awesome. Well, thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Hey, this is Eternal Zan and this is my dragon tail. Now, I think this was my first Dragon Con, but honestly, it's been a while and it does kind of all blur together. But... This was in the early 2000s, and I was interested in the Stargate guest, and the show was still on the air at the time. I saw Christopher Judge, who plays Teal'c. I remember I saw him in Hyatt Centennial One. It's weird how I can remember the room I saw people in, like, over 10 years ago. And so since the show was still on, I knew I couldn't ask for any spoilers, because they won't tell you. So I asked him to talk about a memorable fan encounter that he'd had. And I knew he was nothing like his character, that he was known for being outgoing and funny and gregarious. So I was expecting some kind of humorous story. But instead, he talked about a Make-A-Wish kid. And for those that don't know, the Make-A-Wish Foundation grants wishes to kids with a terminal illness. And Christopher Judge said that they give the kids a form to fill out and that there were spaces for a few wishes because sometimes kids ask for stuff that's, you know, just impossible, like I want to fly to the moon. And so they let them list a few things so that there's probably going to be at least one wish that the foundation can actually make a reality. And what Christopher Judge said was that one kid only filled out one of these spaces and he's just said, I want to meet Teal'c. And then Christopher Judge started to tear up as he told this story because he was so moved that literally this was the only thing in the world this little kid wanted. And then half the audience was crying, and then I was tearing up too. And he gets done telling this story about how meaningful this was to him. And then when I sat back down in the audience, I was just thinking... I just made a grown man cry. Like, oh my God, I just made Teal cry. 
And I had really mixed feelings about that. It wasn't intentional, of course, but like, should I be proud of this? Is this an accomplishment? Um, I'm still really not sure how to feel about it. I'm probably not ever going to make an actor cry again. At least I hope not. And that's my dragon tail. And so now it's time once again to draw a close to our fourth episode of the 2018 Dragon Con Con Report. A big thanks to everyone for joining us on this episode, including Michelle Biddick-Simmons, Eternal Zan, and thanks again for the Dragon Tales. Woohoo! <laughs> and, and I'm sorry, that doesn't get old. <laughs> and, and, and our good friend, Kevin Batchelder. Um, and again, uh, Kevin does a great job. He's not the only one that that uh, is in charge of the newbies group. And so um, there's a, a few administrators there. So uh, any questions that you have, I'm, like I said, you can send to us um, and we'd be glad to um, try to answer them here on the DragonCon report. But also use that resource. Go to the newbies group. Like I said, even if you've been to DragonCon for 20 some years like myself, if there's a question that you just they need some clarification on. There's a lot of people there. That group is huge. Chances are somebody's going to know the answer or have had experience with that. So reach out that way. Um, and very much thanks to our station crew. We made it through another episode together again. The reunion was great. Thank you, Darren. Oh, you're more than welcome, sir. And and thanks to you, Mary. Absolutely. And thanks, Tacoma, for being here once again. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Um, and thank you, Mike, of course, for none of this would be possible without you, man. Well, you know, I'm the one who edits, I'm the one who hits record, you know, so it's a good thing. Right. Yep. That's You do all that. So thank you. We try to cover all weekend with these specials, but to keep up with the latest news, please check out all the official DragonCon website, social media outlets. Uh, all the tracks are active on Facebook groups and various other social media. Check them out. Find out what's going on. They're already starting to get panel ideas, need volunteers, et cetera, et cetera. You can become quite active uh, with uh, many of the groups right now uh, by uh, just going on social media. Uh, as far as uh, here on the station, we can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. Plus. Really? Is that a thing still? Um, Stitcher. Uh, we want you to be part of the station, so please feel free to join us in the discussion on those groups. Uh, once again, the Dragon Con Con Report is sponsored in part by Borderlands Comics and Games in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina. It's not that far a ride from Atlanta, Charlotte, and Nashville, so check it out. It's a great store. For more information, um, go to you can see all the details at borderlands.us. And be sure to check out the Amazon link at the top of the esonetwork.com site. Again, it doesn't cost you any more to purchase your stuff, and it really does help us out a lot. We have a T Public store. We also have uh, a Patreon page. So go to esonetwork.com, click on the links at the top, and, and help us out where you can. We really do appreciate it. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it has been my pleasure. We'll see you at the con. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. <laughs>